a survey shows 55% of homeowners strapped for extra costs. So it said nearly 40% of Canadian homeowners said they're concerned about their finances and fewer than half said they could afford more than a $200 increase in monthly costs. So going a bit further down in the article, um, where was it that was, uh, it says here, it says only 45% said that they could afford. So the survey basically surveyed 1500 Canadians. Um, they were talking about, uh, it's at 40, only 45% said they could afford a 200 to $500 uh, increase in monthly payments, while 19% said they could afford 500 to $1,000, and 9% said they could afford an increase of 1000 or more. So when we're talking about these, you know, increased interest rates, even a $300 payment, as we talked about, that, that puts, you know, 45% of Canadians now saying... You're listening to the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast with your hosts, Paul Stevenson, David Warren, and Greg Campbell. Let's see what's going on in the world of real estate today. I feel like we should always come into the show, like looking with our sunglasses on, like on the... Uh... <laughs> yeah. Welcome back, everybody. We're here, the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast. And uh, yeah, we're, we're going to talk today about real estate in Ottawa, <laughs> Canada. We got a few things to talk about. My name is Paul Stevenson. I'm here with Greg Campbell. I'm here with David Warren. And I am one of the owners at Referral Mortgages. I'm also a mortgage agent. Love talking mortgages. Love talking finance. I'm joined with Greg Campbell, realtor, managing director at The Agency. The Agency, Ottawa. He likes talking about real estate and home buying and selling. And David Warren, also an owner at Referral Mortgages, mortgage agent. Loves talking about mortgages, finance. <laughs> Let's wow. get into it, gentlemen. The intros are fun. Uh, quick shout out to North Brew. I'm going to catch them at the beginning here. Uh, if you go to northbrew.ca and use the promo code podcast, North Brew Coffee is going to give you 20% off your coffee order. And 20% of your order is going to go to the Ottawa homeless community. So great coffee, great cause. And we're also brought to you by the Ontario Mortgage Academy. Teaching need a slogan. They need a slogan. <laughs> Gentlemen, how is the week? It's been a trying one, one here in Ottawa. Yeah, yeah, it has been. I also found this morning when I got left here in the freezer, and uh, my wife likes to uh, see that. <laughs> she was extremely pleased. Your freezer worked, work, though. We recorded last week for, for anyone who's an avid listener. We uh, we recorded on Friday last week before the storm, uh, and kind of tried to play it off like it was Monday. So we we're like, you know, hope everyone had a great weekend, not knowing that there was going to be, uh, you know, a blackout across the city. And I think even today, when I looked earlier today, still about thirty five thousand homes without power in Ottawa. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, feeling grateful to. To be on, Greg's got his lights on behind him there, and I uh, just want to apologize for anyone who heard that and thought we were just being inconsiderate assholes. We actually uh, we didn't know we didn't uh, predict Mother Nature was going to be so cruel last weekend. So um, just like we can't predict the changes in the real estate market, can't predict the weather. Yes, Mother Nature. That is true. That is true. The market is uh, is very interesting. I uh, I got a nice little surprise this week. I went into my uh, my mortgage. I have it with um, a green bank. And uh, walked into my uh, online banking, took a look at it, and uh, lo and behold, my uh, amortization had gone up three years and said, what the hell is going on? So uh, kind of took a deeper dive, realized obviously I'm in a variable rate, 
my uh, when the rate went up, obviously my amortization amortization extended, payment stayed the same. So I voluntarily had to increase my, well, I didn't have to, but I voluntarily increased my payment, lowered the amortization by six years. Not going to beat me. Yeah, I'll, I'll outweigh the, um, so I lowered it by six years and, uh, and I just felt like it would probably be a worthwhile conversation for us to, you know, kind of reiterate to listeners and to, to clients and to, you know, just the general public, uh, the difference between variable rates and adjustable rate mortgages. I know we've talked about it in the past. Or at least, you know, Dave and I are very pro variable rate, but now more than ever, it's really important to understand the differences between an adjustable rate and a variable rate. I have some, I have like kind of a case study, I guess you could say, just to give people an idea as to the differences. And Dave, you want to give people maybe a high level breakdown of the difference between the two, and then I can get into the numbers. Yeah, just so not talking for sure. Them. So there's, uh, yeah. so like Paul said, there's there's two types of um, two types of you know variable type mortgages. Uh, most banks just use it as a broad term, or in the market, use it as a broad term of a variable rate mortgage. Technically, there's a variable rate mortgage and there's an adjustable rate mortgage. So there's a couple of banks that their payments. Uh, we talked about it last week, um, where when Prime changes your effective rate can fluctuate with uh, with bank prime. So if prime goes up, your rate goes up, prime goes down, your rate goes down, and your payments adjust accordingly. Um, so, you know, let's say big bank with a red logo, um, you know, their, theirs is an adjustable rate mortgage. So when, their, when prime goes up, their rates go up, your payments go up so that your amortization remains the same. Um, like Paul was saying, big bank with a green logo, uh, their payments are static. So as prime changes and your effective rate changes, your payments remain the same. But within that payment, the amount going to interest and the amount going to principal adjusts. So in a case like Paul was talking about, if you got your mortgage from, you know, let's say a bank with a green logo recently, um, and prime went up on you, you know, 75 basis points, uh, like it has over the last few months. Um, you know, you're, you might be in a situation where you're, uh, there's more interest going, uh, more of your payment going to interest than to principal, which changes your effective amortization or period of time to pay off your, your mortgage. Um, so I think we talked about it last week. I blend weeks together, but, uh, <laughs> but, but Some where point in the past, get, yeah, where you can get in a situation that you, um, are either getting a, a letter from the bank. Um, you know, the green bank might say, Hey, we need you to increase your payments to bring it down, to bring your amortization down or make a lump sum payment to bring it down below that 30 year or 25 year uh, threshold. Yeah, perfect. That's a great explanation. So the, the example I had here was for, and uh, you know, it's not too many mortgages that are sitting at 300 K right now. If you're, if you're buying a home in Ottawa, at least unless you're putting a large down payment, but I used a 300 K mortgage, 25 year amortization and a rate of uh, prime minus 0.9, which was typical, you know, there's still a few lenders that are in that range, but it's, it's, I just use that as an example. And then I, I did the numbers based on a, a 200 basis point increase. So basically like a 2% increase, which we're probably going to see in this, you know, if you got a mortgage that's say a year ago, we're probably going to see that in this term. So um, based on a variable rate, so we'll do variable rate and then I'll do adjustable rate afterwards. So variable rate, your, your initial payment would be uh, $1,427. Um, if it were to increase by 200 basis points, the 
basically the end payment would stay the same. So it doesn't change 1427. So we, as we said, that it's just the amount of interest and principal that changes the balance at the end of the term would be 272,551. Let's just say 272. And then on renewal, your payment would actually increase to 1800. So if you're paying 1427 on renewal, because of the new mortgage balance, your payment would increase to 1800. If you had an adjustable rate mortgage, and I'll kind of compare the two as we go here, initial payment of 1427. So that stays the same, obviously. Uh, the, la the ending payment would be 1728. So it would increase by $300 just because of that increase. And that's basically an extra $300 to interest. The balance at the end of the term would be 261,000. So it's actually $11,000 less if you had an adjustable rate. And the payment on renewal would be 1728. So it basically stays the same as, you know, so it steadily increases as the rates increase. So there's no sticker shock on renewal. Um, you're paying down more of the balance, but then also, uh, you know, you're paying an extra $300 a month. So if you had the variable rate, obviously your payments don't change, but you're going to pay down less of your principal at the end of the term. And also your payments are going to increase pretty dramatically uh, at the end of the term a bit more. It's only about a $75 difference as far as the payments. But as Dave said, it's very likely that the lender might say, hey, you know, especially if you had a 25 year AM or a 30 year AM amortization and, you know, you're in your first year, let's say, and rates start to increase. Well, now you might be at, you know, 24 years, but if the rates increase and more of it's going to interest, you might be over that 25 year cap. You might be at 27 years or 28 years of your amortization. So the bank is going to say, we can't have that. You need to, as Dave said, you need to increase your payment. So that it brings it below that 25 years, or you have to make a lump sum of whatever it is, let's say that $11,000 to bring yourself back in line with where you were originally. I, I think where, where all this is, is really going is number one, Paul and I, and, and, you know, a lot of mortgage professionals out there are big proponents of variable for a number of reasons. Um, and especially right now, you know, I was talking to people yesterday, it's almost a 2% spread between the fixed rates right now and where variables at. Um, so even if, even if it does increase at one and a half or 2% on prime, you're only then still going to be equal to what the fixed rates are now. So there's, there is still benefits. I think what really we want to highlight is if you have a variable rate mortgage or you're getting into a variable rate mortgage, there are huge benefits. This is not to deter you from that. Actually, to the contrary, it's more to, you know, to educate you to kind of pay attention to what, where your payments are or what, whether you're in an adjustable rate mortgage or in a variable rate mortgage and just keep, be cognizant of that and where prime is going in order to make, to adjust, maybe you want to proactively adjust your payments like Paul did um, so that you're not behind the eight ball down the road uh, or getting a letter where you now have to make a lump sum payment uh, that you weren't planning on or, or not thinking of. Um, or in cases like we've talked about before, just setting your payments, maybe like as if they were that fixed rate uh, mortgage, but on a variable. So setting your payments off the hop of that 2% higher, like it would be as if you got a fixed rate and that builds in that possible increases in prime and the entire time you're paying off more principal. So it's just being cognizant. There are huge benefits to variable, um, but all of this and Paul's explanation on, on the payment changes is, is really just to, to be aware of, of, you know, kind of the ins and outs really. And the other thing that we've talked about in the past, just to reiterate it one last time is that, you know, there, you do have the option with a variable rate to convert it into a fixed rate. So if, you know, if the rates are getting to a point where you're like, you know, this is, this is crazy. I just want to lock it in. You can do that. Uh, but just know that you're doing that really for, you know, 
maybe it gives you peace of mind, but it's also in the best interest of the bank. So oftentimes we'll see the banks kind of promoting you to lock it in because, you know, you're going to go from say maybe a 2.7% rate to a four and a half percent rate. So the bank is essentially, you know, getting an extra 2% on your money for the next three years or four years. So that's a huge benefit. And high penalties. And then locking you into IRD penalties if you were to break. So, um, you know, there's a reason why you could convert your variable rate mortgage to a fixed rate mortgage for free. Um, but you cannot go the other way around. You can't go from a fix to a variable because it obviously benefits the bank going into a fix. So, um, anyway, no, I think that's, uh, that's great. And I think that kind of leads to, I know you had a, a, an article, Paul, that kind of related, kind of was related to that as well, uh, re- with regards to, uh, you know, Canadians finances, if you will. Yeah, so it was actually from Bloomberg this morning, uh, and they were talking about the, the the headline, which I'll dig a bit deeper into it. But it says survey shows fifty five percent of homeowners strapped for extra costs. So it said nearly forty percent of Canadian homeowners said they are concerned about their finances, and fewer than half said they could afford more than a two hundred dollar increase in monthly costs. So going a bit further down in the article. Um, where was it that was, uh, it says here, it says only 45% said that they could afford. So the survey basically surveyed 1500 Canadians. Um, they were talking about, uh, it said 40, only 45% said they could afford a 200 to $500 uh, increase in monthly payments, while 19% said they could afford 500 to 1000 and 9% said they could afford an increase of a thousand or more. So when we're talking about these, you know, increased interest rates, even a $300 payment, as we talked about that, that puts, you know, 45% of Canadians now saying that they couldn't afford that. So when we're in an environment where we have rising interest rates, this is obviously, a, you know, I'm sure a concern for, for a lot of the uh, regulators and, and banks and, and for Canadians as well, obviously, because this is, this is something that clearly uh, is not, is not possible, right? People just can't afford that change. And uh, with the rising costs of, you know, inflation's at a 30 year high, um, you know, rising cost of gas, food, really everything. Uh, the only thing I think that's come down in Ottawa is, is daycare costs. Uh, <laughs> other than that, everything's <laughs> gone up in price. And um, yeah, was there anything else in that article that stood out to, to the two of you as far as? Uh... I, I, so, I, I mean, the, you know, it, the, the one thing that kind of stood out to me by and large is it is referencing um, monthly costs in general, not specific to um Yes. Mortgages like this is also encapsulating uh, food costs and gas costs and things like that. So like Paul said, you know, costs are coming up across the board because of uh, historically high inflation right now, which kind of adds to it. If it was just mortgage payments coming up, then I think there wouldn't be so, you know, so much alarm. But when you have food costs jumping like they are and gas costs, it's, it's kind of crazy right now. So, um, you know, this is something where, when you're qualifying for a mortgage as well, one thing, you know, we've talked about it before that came in in 2018 is that stress test. So, you know, people that are qualifying for a mortgage have been qualifying at, you know, 4.79, five, you know, lately over the last year and a half, five and a quarter percent as if those were your monthly payments. Um, so kind of that is caked in to what people were making, um, you know, being able to afford that. But I think that's where, people do stretch and maybe get a cosigner on a parent, things like that, where they are stretching, um, where they can then qualify for that mortgage, but not being cognizant of their budget. And that's something that I know Paul and I always speak to people of. It's, it's one thing to look at what you qualify for as a maximum 
to purchase a home, but then, but you need to be cognizant of what your budget is. And, and I think over the last two years and possibly some of these people have forgotten what their pre pandemic spending habits were as well. Um, you know, they forget what their social life was what like before COVID or restaurants and services they were going to. And, and, and as the, as things open up now or have been open that they're back to regular spending that now things are, are jumping in cost and are also wanting to get back into going out for dinner or, or things like that. And it kind of, that all plays into it. Um, but I don't know if, uh, if Greg, if what, you know, I know that Paul and I have been taking over this uh, episode right so far, but uh <laughs> The uh, like, you know, for for your home buyers, uh, you know, is their budget kind of on their mind or, or do you find that it's just like what their maximum is? Like, do you ever hear them talk about their budget or rising costs and kind of keeping that in mind? Or is it just like, what do I qualify for? Let's go find a home. Fire. Yeah, it's still it's still that. And I'll be honest, I haven't uh, I haven't had too many conversations with new new buyers in the last few weeks. Like I've, yeah. I've had conversations with a few and we're just kind of starting the process. So the guys that I've been working with already, that's based on, you know, they just have a price point and that's it. And they all have a pretty good salary. So I haven't seen it personally with buyers, like, you know, having it reflect on their purchase. But I mean, I, I imagine I will, you know, it's, it's the hot topic lately with everything, you know, inflation, gas and everything. And it does for a lot of people, it's, it's going to, it's going to affect them in the end. Like, you know, especially the people like who, you know, guy, the guys with the big trucks, they're going to be spending an extra thousand dollars a month on gas. That's a lot of money, man. Yeah. And that's yeah, going to make the price know? of everything else go up. Your general contractor prices are going to go up. Your, well, that's, you know, everything. That's the thing. And we, you know, we were even talking about like, you know, you order pizzas for dinner and uh, you know, the delivery fee is up, delivery fees up now. And then you're supposed to include an, a tip on top of that. So you've got like the processing delivery tip and everything. By the time you order a couple pizzas for dinner, you're up for like 75 bucks. Yeah. You know, that's for like a family of four. I mean, it's crazy. Our, you know, you remember when pizzas used to be like, oh, it's 20 bucks the whole, yeah. for the whole family. $20 bill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Two for one. Uh, yeah. I think it's, um, I think with, I think in Ottawa, we, we won't see as big an effect. Like, like you said, like there is going to be a big subset, but Ottawa being such a, a highly employed city um, and, and high average household incomes, mm -hmm. I, I think we won't see as big a ripple effect. Obviously there are a number of people that are going to be affected and, and I don't mean to diminish that, but I think there are certainly many other areas within Canada that, that will be grossly affected by um, the rising interest rates and the, the rising cost of inflation, like East coast where incomes aren't as high or prairies, things like that. And, and some of the prairies, this is kind of taking out Alberta, if you will. But, um, I think a lot of those markets will be, uh, hit, hit the hardest in those individuals, which is, which will be, uh, tough to see, but, but kind of moving out West and, and I know, you know, we're, we're more Ottawa based, but, uh, but you know, some things that, that happen out West first yeah. kind of come into Ontario. Um, you know, I don't know if, uh, if Greg, if, if you kind of looked at, if you saw this article, kind of had a chance to read that article. <laughs> I like it. There's, I like um, it. you know, yeah, yeah. go ahead. Dude. No, I was just going to say, so the, the article it's in, in the CBC, um, again, uh, you know, three day cooling off period and transmitting transparent bidding recommend recommended to transform the BC real estate sector. So, um, you know, maybe, uh, maybe Greg, you can kind of lead us off. Yeah. Well, they're just trying to, you know, it's just part of, 
you know, provinces trying to make change to, uh, you know, help buyers out from getting stuck in these situations that they don't uh, want to be in or shouldn't be in. You know, I think we're all big, uh, big believers in, in transparency and we're not huge fans on the way that the market's been going, but we, you know, we bring the knowledge and we facilitate all of this to make sure that everybody's, you know, well aware of what's happening and what they're getting into. But I like this, they have a, um, they're looking for a three day cooling off period. So I'm just trying to find the, the part here. So the three day cooling off period, that's basically like a three day, like a conditional period. Uh, yeah, like to take you, away unreasonable risks. Yeah, so you, they said they said a three day cooling off period to enforce home inspections oh, yeah. um, during that period, and which is which I think is uh, is great. So it's implementing that people getting that opportunity. I thought one thing that's interesting is they do have um, that they implement a, mod, a a termination fee of 0.1 to to 0.5 percent of the of the right. price of the home to be paid by the buyer who pulls out of a deal. Uh, which I think is interesting as well, because it means that people aren't just uh, firing on properties, uh, you know, just for the hell of it. Yeah. Um, you know, and if they get it, great. And, you know, but it, it's making people also more serious. So so sellers also know that somebody going into a cooling off period that they're going to have to pay, you know, if they if they back out of the deal, that there is, you know, a, there is a peer, there is a cost to that. Um, and, and a five day and a five day, you know, pre-offer uh, period. So property listed, no action, uh, no action, no offers on that property for that five days. So it, it, it increase, it gives people time, you know, to look at the property, to see it, um, not to increase like bidding wars or anything like that, but just to give people time to really do their due diligence on a property, um, and not feel like they have to rush out. Like you talked about the, uh, the other week of, of something coming up and having to get in your car and go see it that day in order to offer on it within hours. Um, and people making that, that rush, rush decision. I really like that, um, the payment, uh, the modest termination fee. And the, the reason I like it is because there's so many times when you, you've got a property, like imagine you're a home seller, your properties, you've got a conditional period, you agree to it. And let's say it's extended. Maybe it's a condo, you got the status certificate. So it could be a two week period. Imagine your property's off the market for two weeks and then they walk away because yeah. that's basically what conditions are for. They're for the benefit of the buyer, not the seller. And the buyer can just walk away. It's like an, they're, they're like escape clauses, basically. So to have a, a modest fee for that, it does definitely, you know, it'll make people be more aware of what they're getting into when they start. Because if, if they go in and they're like, okay, we really like the property. If we decide not to take it after all the, the conditional period that we're going to have to pay this fee. Mm -hmm. I mean, the buyer that you're going to get is going to be a serious buyer that's prepared to lose that, that amount if it doesn't go through. So I think that's I think that's interesting. I think it'll be hard to push through, but I uh, all these new rules that are coming in, I think they're long overdue. It needs to be everything needs to be managed better for both sides, and uh, I, I like these these plans that they're coming up with here. I think the uh, and then the last the last one in it that they have is is uh, is going away of blind getting away with blind bidding and and having a transparent yeah. uh, bidding process, and I think that's something that that. The Ontario board has been talking about as well, and it's been in the news quite a bit. Um, obviously, over the past couple of years, with with um, multi offers and and all of that kind of driving up prices, but um, it it seems as though it is in a third reading uh, with the BC legislature. So it'll be interesting it'll to happen. see if it does get passed through uh, and to what extent for for all of these. Um, you know, like I said, a lot of this you know gets passed through. BC is usually ahead of Ontario for whatever reason, and a lot of things. Um, 
And, well, and we've so got the, we've got the blind bidding we've got the blind bidding thing being uh, removed next uh, April April first. That's right? right. Yeah. So I mean, well, it's up to the seller what they want to do, but I imagine most thing, most of it's going to turn into transparency because that's what everybody's going to want. No one's going to want to go into blind bidding. So do yeah, you foresee I mean, do you foresee it coming? Like if they you know, and I know we talked about it a few weeks ago. I forgot that it was April that it was coming up. But do you foresee um, you know it being an option? of blind bidding or, or transparent, mm-hmm. do you, do you foresee it just going like this being the introduction to just going away completely and being transparent? I think it'll, I think it'll go away because I think what's going to happen is you're going to have inventory and we all know there's going to be way more inventory next year. When this starts happening, it's going to be back to a more balanced market, uh, maybe even a buyer's market at that point. And so you've got four houses that are almost the same and you've got, you know, one seller that's uh, having blind bidding, and then you've got three that are having transparent bidding, like buyers are going to go to the transparent one, no matter what. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, you would assume it it, it could change, but I just think everybody, whether the price is, the price is always going to almost be the same, you know, in the end. So whatever, um, whatever the seller wants to do, but I think there will be sellers that will lose buyers because of having, if they want to go with blind bidding. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think that's. Uh, I, th- I think it'll be interesting to see. I, th- I think some of these, like Absolutely. you said, a lot of these changes are are long overdue. Um, you know, it's uh, it's also funny that as these come in, it'll be coming in during a a period in which the market's slowing down, anyways. So mm-hmm. we won't see. We won't. You know, we. I don't think we'll be able to see the. Uh, how how immediate or how drastic an effect it has on on the market like if it if this came in middle of 2021 then then i think we'd be able to see oh, yeah. like exactly how much of an impact it made um as opposed to by the time it comes in you know maybe the market will have been picked up again will pick up again but uh yeah i think those stats will be really interesting to kind of track of of how many are blind how many are transparent how that affects things mm-hmm. and, and what those average price points over list those uh those differing um bidding processes are too that'll be interesting data to see for sure speaking of data speaking of data was that speaking speaking of data someone was asking about bar haven last week is that what is that what happened data the haven the haven the bar bar haven bar bar haven oh yeah that's right bar haven so i I did a (laughs) a combo as usual bar haven and riverside south um so this is pretty, it's pretty interesting. So I, I did it, I sp- split it up into a row and semi-detached and then detached in another file. I didn't do condos on this one. So the average, um, there's 47 active listings right now um, in Barhaven, Riverside South. And the average list price is 669. Average days on market is 15. There's two conditional sales. The average conditional sales price right now is 637,000, 12 days on market. And there's been four sold. This is all within the last week. This is all within the last week. Excuse me, I should have said that. We know that I, I usually do this on a weekly thing now. So the, there's only been four sold in the last week, uh, 15 days on market, average of 629,000. So you can see that the ones I think that we should, haven't sold. I, I think this is also a blackout sold, period too, though, right? This week's been uh, without power, well, I would say. Sure, but I will say that the ones that are priced higher have been on for longer than 15 days. So they've been on for like 20 days to 50 days. 
and they're sitting. So if you see the, the list price average here is 670,000 and the average sold is 629,000, that goes to show you something, I think, that the prices may be coming down. And most of those that sold, the uh, sales price to list price is averaging 103% now. So it's down again. Remember, based on what I was saying the last few weeks, it was 110, 110, 110, then it was 108, 105. Now here we are at 103. So let's let's go into the de detached properties here. So we've got detached 50 listings. Average list price is 1,035,000, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, but you know what? That's a little skewed. Well, there's some pretty big numbers out there, actually. Yeah, big ones in Riverside South. Average days on market. 20 days on market. And now the, the real big ones uh, out here have been on for, uh, you know, 90 days plus. So I just wanted them to be in there. So everyone's aware. Conditional sales, we have two, 937,000 is the average sales price for a detached home in Barhaven Riverside South, 25 days on market. And sold, the average sales price is 165,000 with 13 days on market. And the sales price to list price ratio is 104%. So again, if you look at the Certainly average sales price over the list price right now, it's, it's quite astonishing. In both, you know, in the row semis and the detached, I mean, we're talking like drops of 100,000 um, of what homes have been selling for versus what the current ones listed are on the market. So, the new ones are coming out. They're listing a little bit lower. I'm finding that the ones that are selling way over are listing way under what they would have been uh, a few months ago. Like, for example, there was one in Orleans where I sold um, my big one that I had. They were all listing at like a million. We were under that and nothing was selling. And then one came out. It was, this, it was a four bedroom two car garage, same as the other ones that were at a million that hadn't sold. They listed it at 850. They held offers, it sold for 970. So I wasn't sure if that strategy was gonna work for that one mm. of, of listing it that low. Like the sellers had to be pretty confident in the, in the market and the strategy because you know most of these other homes now are listing, a lot of the big ones are listing at market value. So anyways, they did that. Um, the mine's conditionally sold now, but some of these other ones have been on for over, uh, you know, 25 days now and they're still sitting. That's what I was going to ask you. I know we were dealing last year with a lot of realtors that were pricing the properties, you know, 150, 100,000 under the actual market value, just to get the eyes on it, get the people through, get those bidding wars. Do you find now that like, the, cause uh, the list price to Sale price certainly has dropped. Like you said, you know, it was a 130, 120, 110, 108. Now it's 104, 103. So is that because they're pricing them more accurately or is it just because the market is balanced or is it a combination of both? It's a combination of both mm -hmm. because everything, there's still stuff and there's still products like unreserved, right? So it's like, you know, I, there's not one answer to that question. Uh, but based on what we've been seeing, it's like I said, the last couple of weeks. I mean, we're coming up on 30 days average on market and sales price to list price is probably going to be a hundred percent. You know, things will be selling closer to list and some are going to be selling under list. Mm -hmm. The ones that list high and either do price reductions or the ones that, um, uh, you know, just list, uh, list within the value. So anyways, I don't know. It's, uh, 
There's some big changes. Like I say to everybody, it's a good time to shop. Don't be afraid of submitting offers that are way below list because um, you know there are those sellers that are just going to want to, they have to move for whatever reason. They might be going to a new place. There's opportunities right now. It's a great, that's a great point, Greg, because there's a lot of people that probably bought in you know February, March even that are closing in June that that have to sell their property to get into their mm-hmm. new place. So there is definitely going to be some opportunities coming in the, in the, sure. well, even right now, not even in the coming weeks right now. I think the, uh, the, the drop in, in uh, prices, like you're mentioning, or, or seeing them come down to more list price, like you mentioned, Greg, I think uh, is interesting. And one thing I noticed yesterday from a private lender, an email I received, um, they are lowering their, uh, or, or increasing their down payment requirement. So they're not, instead of going to 80% loan to value, meaning 20% down, the max they'll go to is 75% uh, of the appraised value over, for credit, credit scores over a certain threshold and 65% loan to value, meaning 35% down for people with a certain credits, you know, for a, a lower threshold credit score. And they really, you know, that's a drop of, of 10 and, and 15%. Uh, of what they were willing to do, meaning that people have to put it, put down 10 to 15% more uh, using these guys. And these are very, this is a private lender, very flexible uh, in their lending parameters. And so I thought that was really interesting when I saw that yesterday as to their shift in that. Um, so I think that's, that's kind of, kind of speaks a little bit to what you're mentioning of, of seeing kind of prices come to, to more list. Uh, Cause I know, you know, we've, Paul and I have been seeing it on appraisals um, that we order where, you know, in an increasing uh, price environment, appraisers are looking at, you know, they're having to look at the past 90 day sales of a property. Mm-hmm. When they're appraising it today, they're looking at, you know, three months behind at comparable sales. And then also, uh, you know, sometimes factoring in, you know, a little bit of where the market's going. So they're giving a little more on price because they know that, that people are paying a little bit higher, prices are going up. So they're giving a little more leniency to match that uh, upper price point. But in a decreasing environment or, or stabilizing, they're not able to give that those, you know, kind of give those extra mm-hmm. values. Um, so that's, I think that's also where they're going with, uh, you know, on this, this lender, they're kind of seeing that. And I think going forward, if you, if you have a purchase and your closing date isn't until September and you know there's an appraisal needed, get it done now. <clears throat> Don't delay on it. Um, for you mortgage brokers out there or home buyers or even realtors, like get that appraisal done now because as prices come down or stabilize, you know, it might be a little harder to hit that value that maybe they signed a purchase agreement for three months, you know, now when they're closing in three months, not delaying. Um, and this, you know, the opposite would have been said in 2020, you know, late 2020, 2021, when if somebody overpaid for a property, you know, maybe they were closing in a couple months, you could delay a month, giving yourself, you know, more recent sales that were bumping up and, and then you ordered the appraisal kind of the, you know, you want to reverse that mindset now of ordering the appraisal immediately, mm-hmm. not delaying on it uh, in order to get that in at, you know, in order to have a chance at hitting that value. Yeah. And there is something I want to say to you about, you know, buyers and sellers, you should always be, especially when the market's changing like this, you should always be in communication with your broker because, you know, I'm working with some people now where they're the price, the value of their home kept going up like by extreme value over the last couple of years. And as we were trying to shop, we still haven't got, got anything. And 
their the price point just went up and up and up, right? So like they we we were looking at nine hundred thousand, then suddenly, you know, what they wanted at nine hundred was at like one point two million, but the bank every step of the way we would reassess the value of their place and they were able to now afford like a 1.2 based on what the market was saying they could sell their home for. Right. So the same thing goes coming down because now what they're looking at isn't 1.2 million, but when they sell their home, it's also not going to be like uh, 850,000. Well, and they're going to qualify for less, like we were saying about the qualifying. They're going to qualify for less, but but it's all relevant, right? Like it's all relative. I mean, like their their property's worth less, but the home that they're looking for is worth less than what it was too. Mm -hmm. So just, you know, again, you know, people panic, but they panic because they don't communicate with their, with their professional partners. Right. I think, I think that's a, uh, an awesome point, Greg, if you've been pre-qualified or you're out shopping and you were pre-approved even two months ago, Call us. Make sure to circle back around with your mortgage professional to like to get reevaluated on you know if you have a home to sell, talk to your realtor again, or if you're plan you know you're kind of thinking you've been shopping and you have a home existing home, make sure to keep in contact with your realtor. Like, what's the true value now uh, to gauge your down payment and reevaluate with your mortgage professional of what you qualify for now if you're wanting to go fixed that the rates have come up, you're qualifying for less just based on the, the qualifying parameters and you're likely going to have that less down payment. So kind of keep everyone in the loop and have that conversation um, to make sure, like don't just go off of necessarily those numbers from two months ago, three months ago, four months ago. You're going to really be um, putting yourself at a, uh, at a huge disadvantage at, at or, or be completely yeah, off and, and, and screwed when it comes down to putting yeah. an offer in. Yeah. And, and back to the point we've talked about the, the last few weeks where, um, you know, the recommendation of selling before you buy. So in, in one scenario I'm involved with, you know, they need to buy before they sell because what they want is super, it's not super unique, but it's like a lifelong home. Like they're buying something that they want to be in for 20 years. Right. So my advice to them was, I'm like, I'm like, and I know their personality. So I'm like, if we sell first and you don't get like a six month closing, I mean, even if you do, you guys are just going to be panicking because you're not going to see what you want and the market could change and we just don't know what's going to come. So what I did say was, you know, they do have a home that has all the bells and whistles. I'm like, I'm 100% sure it will sell for top dollar, um, but they need to be aware of what that actual number will be. And that's why we always have to monitor it. Like every single week <laughs> we're watching it, you know, because we don't know when that one for them is going to come up and they got to jump on it. Yeah. Pay attention, everyone. Pay attention. <laughs> I agree. Um, should we uh, slide into the mood boost, Paul? Yes, <laughs> we should. I got three today. But before we do that, I actually wanted to say uh, Ontario Mortgage Academy, who's one of our, our sponsors, has a new course out. So anyone who is uh, listening to this who's a mortgage agent, uh, new course, Underwriting Like a Wizard, is coming out. It's going to launch June 20th <laughs> is when it starts. Uh, so you can book your seat today. And um, yeah, awesome course. It's going to go over pretty much everything. If you scroll down there, Stephen, I'll give a quick synopsis here. Oh, I can't really read that. Um, basically, everything need to, needing to do with underwriting. Okay, uh, there you go. Underwriting, understanding income, reading and correcting a credit report, handling non-subject properties like rental worksheets, analyzing the deal, placing your deal and submitting it, fulfilling conditions, best practices, useful tips, and then there's going to be some case studies and some hands-on practice. So if you're a mortgage agent and you're looking to uh, better your understanding of underwriting, that's the course, understanding uh, underwriting like a wizard. 
I'll work on that one. Sorry, Ontario. Mortgage great Academy. Name. Ontario Mortgage Academy. Ca. Get on it. Dot com. Dot com. I was, dot com. I, dot ca. Whatever. I'll, I'll be <laughs> honest. Go guys. and look I was, at it. Um, I, I was debating on starting the Ottawa Wizard Academy. Oh yeah. So uh, we'll see about that it's to come. For all you, all you aspiring wizards out there. Oh yeah, all the wizards and uh, warlocks out there. Um, okay, here we go. Mood boosts. I got three. All pretty good. Not many, but they hit. They bang. They slap. What's the correct term that all the kids are using? Uh, okay, so number one. Correct. <laughs> what did the fish say when he swam into a wall? Damn. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> um saw a pencil the other day with two erasers thought it was pointless <laughs> and this is the last one my favorite why do cows have hooves instead of feet because they lactose wow wow all right they all lactose right. Let's wow. go. I, like it. I like it i like it i i, I give you a three for three on that on this week I think I think they all wow, hit. Wow, that good. hasn't happened in a long hit. time. I know. I, I think good. that might be a first. <laughs> Those were pulled from everywhere. The fish joke was from my calendar. The pencil joke was actually from my brother going old school. And the last one was from one of our agents who said, I thought you might like these silly cow jokes. And I did. So it made <clears> it great. Because they lack toes. I mean, that's, that's pretty yeah, awesome. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. That one's yeah. amazing. <laughs> um, yes, we'll be back next week. We're going to have uh, some cottage experts on. We got a few guests coming up actually in the coming weeks. We got the cottage yeah. experts, and then we're going to get into everything construction, construction financing, building your home. Uh, so we're going to be kind of switching switching gears here for a few weeks. But the cottage episode last year was a was a big hit. I know people are still now. You know, there's some deals out there now, especially with the with the market shifting. I know cottages were booming the last two summers, but um, mm -hmm. there's going to be some opportunities coming up, and we're going to have the guys on to to kind of go over all the ins and outs of the uh, the cottage market. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, I think they're going to do it from Trevor's boat. <laughs> of course they are. So that should be yeah, obviously fishing, passing. I'm sure the connection will be amazing. All the technology will work phenomenally. <laughs> yes. It won't be a bot show. What could whatsoever. go wrong? It'll what could that's, go wrong. That's what I'm going to confirm. Oh yeah, remember me last summer at that deck? Wow. <laughs> with the with the caterpillar on your finger or wow. foot? Yeah. <laughs> or butterfly, what whatever it was. <laughs> Anyways, uh, <laughs> shout out to North Brew, North Brew Coffee. Go to northbrew.ca, use the promo code podcast, get 20% off your coffee order. And shout out to OMA, the Ontario Mortgage Academy. New course. Keep watching it. Next week will be better. And uh, gentlemen, enjoy your weekend. We're recording again on Friday. We'll be back on yeah. Monday starting next week. But uh, thank you to our listeners. Make sure to subscribe, leave a comment, leave a review. We love you. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please remember to like, share, comment, and subscribe because we'd really like that.